What's up, everyone? It's Ray Garvin, host of the Destination Debbie podcast. If you're waiting until after the NFL season to start your college scouting process, you're already behind the eight ball. There are hundreds of college football games on each and every Saturday. Far too many to keep up with, along with following your favorite NFL teams. But don't worry. This show is designed for not only you hardcore Debbie leaguers, but those of you who want to learn about the next group of potential NFL stars and get a leg up in your traditional dynasty leagues. We don't just talk about the big name college football guys. We hit on the small school value prospects who also have a shot to make it at the next level. If you want to position your dynasty team for short and long-term success, make sure you check out the DDP on DLF and all the other amazing shows DLF has to offer. You're listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast, where there is no off-season. Welcome to another edition of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I'm Dan Myler. With me, Matt Price and Ryan McDowell. Fellas, it's uh, it's last week we, we, we covered one, uh, or I guess two of the divisions, the AFC and NFC West, talking about all the draft picks and, and kind of going through them uh, one by one, all those position players. We're going to head to the AFC and NFC South. We'll have a little bit of time for a mock draft as well. But first, we should uh, we should just chat. Ryan, Matt, how you guys doing? I'm doing well. Doing well. Ready to go through these rookies again. Ready to call out a few of these guys as being trash and, and just <laughs> worthless. So yeah, let's let's do it. Matt, is that what you're excited for as well? I just like hearing Ryan say trash. That's all. <laughs> you, know, you know, that's the whole reason this series exists. Yeah, it's the the whole reason it exists indeed. It is rookie stash cash or future trash time, as I said, AFC and NFC South edition. A stash is a player worth holding. Uh, somebody that you want on your roster, of course, and could turn into future cash. That future cash, or, or current cash maybe even, is somebody that's going to produce in year one or will at least, at the very least, gain value in his rookie season. And then trash, that's the, that's the player that's unlikely to ever produce for your dynasty team. So let's start on the AFC side, fellas. Uh, we're going to start with the Houston Texans. Uh, because they they made a huge splash, right? Uh, with, with position players, added one wide receiver, Isaiah Coulter. Ryan, thoughts there? Anything? Yeah, I mean, what an odd off season for the Texans with the the surprising trade of DeAndre Hopkins. They followed that up by overpaying our guy Randall Cobb and and then making a trade for a, a, another wide receiver trending down and Brandon Cooks, but basically all of that led us to think they they would surely use an early draft pick on this deep wide receiver class, and, and it just didn't happen. Of course, part of that had to do with uh, trading away some of those draft picks, but they, they had a second rounder, a third rounder, two fourth rounders, didn't use any of those on the wide receiver, waited until round five for Coulter, and I think based on their need alone, I would probably put him in that in that stash category, but with the additions they did make, I I don't know that we're going to get anything out of him this year, or really that he'll even have the chance to gain value. Uh, I I can kind of see him being that player you might have to cut to 
to pick up a replacement quarterback or something like that. But but for now, I would put him in the stash category. Matt, if he's a stash, it, it's just barely as as Ryan kind of outlined there, right? Well, I mean, I, I think in one one way to look at it is that e- like e- really even before uh, you know DeAndre Hopkins moved on and and Will Fuller could stay healthy um i don't think that's ever happened but you know when he was on the field you know there was a clear need on that team for a slot wide receiver and coulter profiles as that pretty nicely not super athletic uh kiki cutie apparently is never going to get out of the doghouse much to my chagrin uh they did sign sign randall cobb obviously slots in there perfectly so like ryan said i think you have to you're, you're gonna have to wait on him no matter what so i'm willing to stay in that stash category as well just to see what happens you know if Stills can't stay healthy again. If Fuller can't stay healthy again, and we're looking at Randall Cobb as like the outside wide receiver one somehow uh, on that team, then there's a chance that Coulter could get on the uh, on the field in year one. But he's probably going to end up being one of those roster cloggers, like Ryan said, that you're going to have to cut on a bye week. Yeah, we've had all these kitchen sink auctions, Ryan. His is a name that's available late in those auctions, and I. That's a contract league, so maybe it's different. You need some early returns. I always seem to scroll past him before <laughs> never really nominate Isaiah Coulter. So I lean more towards future trash for that reason. Probably uh, it's just not a guy that, it, that, it, that I'm counting on for sure uh, in the, in the next year or so uh, let's move on to a team that we're probably going to be counting on some of their uh, draft picks. That's the Indianapolis Colts, Matt, they kicked it off early at, with the skill positions and just, just as a group, there are players that we want on our teams, but are we going to call these rookies in Indianapolis cash? I think we've got to call their first two picks uh, a cash. You know, I think Taylor certainly is going to be maybe not necessarily as, you know, taking the league by storm in year one like like some are predicting. You know, I, I still do think that Marlon Mack and Naheem Hines are going to have some kind of role there. So, you know, uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see him, you know, get, you know, seven, eight, maybe 900 yards. I don't think he's going to be a thousand yard back in year one. I could be wrong, uh, but he's certainly going to be usable, I think, in year one. And then Michael Pittman, I think, too, is going to be usable in year one just because of that depth chart. You have T.Y. T. Hilton and, and, and not a whole lot else uh, other than, than Jack Doyle, right? So, uh, and he certainly offers something no other receiver on that roster does, the ability to, to be, be giant and fast and, and red zone weapon and all that, high pointing the ball and all that kind of stuff. So uh, Rivers is going to like him quite a bit, I think, a, a couple episodes ago I think I compared him a little bit to uh, uh, Vincent Jackson uh, profile similar big fast guy and River certainly knows how to use those guys so I think both of those two uh, are, are potential cash players right now and, and certainly if they're not cash players they're definitely stash before we move on to the other players that the Colts drafted at the skill positions Ryan your thoughts on Pittman and Taylor a lot of the same feelings I imagine yes yeah totally agree with Matt both certainly cash players uh, Taylor being drafted as as the 1.02 pick in in many leagues, Pittman slotting in there as a late first rounder, early second rounder, and and I think he's the one who really has a chance to to gain a lot of value. Uh, Taylor's Taylor's window, I guess, is is a little tougher as as he's already being valued as a second round startup pick, so it, it will be difficult for him to gain value. But I I could I could still see that happening. But I think either way. Uh, either of our definitions we want to use there. Both of those players can be uh, cash plays this year um, with with Pittman, the one really possibly gaining value in startup drafts. 
Yeah, I think he could gain value, and it's not even really going to take a whole lot of on-the-field production. Matt, you mentioned that he could be a player that's useful. I'm not 100% sure that he's going to be super useful, like a guy you want as your wide receiver three. But if you're talking about a player that's a flex fill-in on bye weeks and because of injuries, I think Pittman could fill that role. I'm just not convinced that offense is going to be all that dynamic. I know they brought in the new quarterback, and Rivers is supposed to push the ball down the field a little bit. Uh, we'll see what happens there. There wasn't a lot of that stuff going on in Los Angeles and before that San Diego. It's a lot of low-end, low-quick passing game, which is what the Colts like to do or, and have liked to do uh, in the past as well. So we'll we'll see what happens with Pittman. He's certainly a guy I want and a nice value at the end of round one in rookie drafts. But I'm not really expecting a, a breakout rookie season from Michael Pittman. If there's a breakout on that roster, it is Jonathan Taylor. Beyond those two guys, there's there's one more at least that is intriguing for dynasty owners, especially those of us in super flex leagues, Ryan. That's Jacob Eason, who the Colts added in the mid-rounds to be maybe their quarterback of the future. Yeah, I'm actually a little surprised there's not more talk about Eason in super flex leagues. Uh, early on in the process, he was actually being thrown out as, as a potential first rounder uh, uh, in the NFL draft. And I think most of us knew that probably wouldn't happen. I was surprised he fell to the fourth round of uh, of the NFL draft. And with Rivers there, he's on a one-year contract. And, and obviously at his age, I think everybody knows it is kind of a year-to-year deal with him. So there, there's potential opportunity for Eason, but I just wonder if he's going to get to the chance to even show that off. I think about a guy like Will Greer in, in Carolina. They drafted him in the third round last year. Uh, never really gave him a shot despite uh, Cam Newton's injuries. And now a year later, they're, they're bringing in quarterbacks uh, ahead of him. And, and it looks like Greer is is not going to get a chance. So a, a little worried Eason could uh, could follow that path as well. Of course, what we hope for is the Jarrett Stidham role where he, he sits for a year and then uh, potentially gets a, a shot at that starting job. But uh, at the very least, in super flex leagues, Eason is, is certainly a stash. I, I don't I, – man, I guess he's a stash in super flex leagues, but I, I don't really have any confidence that he's going to be – someone we're going to want to start. I mean, for, for me, all that I really need to say about him is that he he got beat out by, he couldn't beat Jake Fromm, right? So, and he had a transfer. So I'm not super excited about Jake Fromm. Uh, that makes me even less excited about Jacob Eason, but I certainly like the team he landed on and there's going to be opportunity there depending on what happens with Rivers after the first year there in Indianapolis. Eason's typically a third round rookie pick in super flex leagues. Even he slips all the way into the third round. In fact, his ADP is 34.61, according to MFL data that we pulled. That's just this month in 204 drafts, uh, super flex rookie drafts on MFL. He goes as high as 27, which is pretty high, uh, and as low as 54. So it seems like the opinion of dynasty owners everywhere is pretty well spread out, guys, when it comes to Jacob Eason. That's an opportunity. That's a that's a landing spot that a lot of us were kind of excited about, the potential for one of those quarterbacks to land in Indianapolis. So I can see why some 
Uh, Dynasty owners might be excited about the long-term upside with Eason. I tend to hedge just a little bit like you guys. He's a stash in Superflex leagues, but I don't know if we need to get too excited and uh, and start trading future draft picks or anything like that to make sure Eason's on the back of our roster. I, I guess the counterpoint is that this is the same kind of thing we've said about last year, Daniel Jones. You know, like these, this, these, like this fourth or fifth quarterback that we think is going to be nothing. You scoop him up in the third or fourth round, and then all of a sudden you have, you know, at least a spot starter on your hand. So, and, and certainly more with, with, uh, um, with Daniel Jones. So, uh, I guess there's potential there, and, and he's got that line in front of him. So, you know, maybe potentially, like, all, he won't have have that you know go into fetal position every time the pressure comes because he's got that big line and and, and that center in front of him um so there's i think they're right i think there's potential there and maybe i'm discounting him too much you talked yourself into that one i mean i, I did you guys you guys you guys talked me into I didn't, it a little bit i, didn't feel I, I, like I don't like we were the player pushing him in that direction Ryan. i mean daniel jones was a, a first rounder this is a little that, bit of, a little bit of difference is, between a top 10 pick yeah that is fair that is fair maybe that same thing could be said for jordan love probably not <laughs> the Colts dipped back into uh, the wide receiver position late in the draft with Desmond Patton or Patman. Either one of you guys excited about the upside there? I, I wouldn't say excited. I mean, but and I, and I won't pretend to be an expert on this guy. I mean, he's not even getting drafted in MFL rookie drafts. He does not have an ADP. Uh, and again, that's not coming from our mock drafts. That's from several hundred drafts being held on my fantasy league. But this this kid is 6'4", 225, comes from that Washington State offense. Uh, Matt already talked about the depth chart, uh, the struggles of that depth chart, and and just how thin it's been really for, for years now. So if we're talking the deepest of leagues, then then absolutely he becomes a stash and, and a guy who could gain value if he, if he even gets a chance. But in the majority of leagues, if you're talking about a three- or four-round rookie draft, he, he's not even going to be drafted. Dan, he, he's that guy for me. Like, like you mentioned with Isaiah Coulter, like he seems like towards the end of drafts, like he's always like towards the top of that 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 pull down list on MFL. And I'm like, I, I don't think so. But you know, he's he's almost kind of a hedge on, like Ryan said, six four two twenty five. He's almost kind of a hedge on on uh, Michael Pittman there. You know, similar size, similar player, a little obviously much more raw, especially as a route runner. I think uh, than uh, than Michael Pittman is. But you know, if Michael Pittman doesn't work out, they still have that big receiver there that they got in the sixth round. Yeah, we'll see what happens there. I'm, I'm not I'm not super high on the upside when it comes to Patman. Let's move on to the Jacksonville Jaguars, guys. There is a wide receiver there that a lot of us as Dynasty owners are excited about, and that's LaVisca Chenault, Matt. Uh, you talked about him a little bit pre-draft, how how you were you were kind of skittish when it came to Chenault and, and his upside. Then the landing spot with Jacksonville. How do you feel about him? Cash? Trash? or stash i think if he stays healthy he has the potential to be a cash player in year one you know but we know the the depth chart in in uh jacksonville there you have chark and i, I guess we're going to still include westbrook in that uh in, in in that offense um but chanel i think offers something a little bit different than both of those guys and i think he can be used as a short short area uh, uh option you know we saw leonard fournette get whatever it was 100 targets last year right i don't think that's going to happen again i think chanel's going to take a lot of that away from him and certainly uh, a more dynamic player i think than fournette at this uh, at this point in that offense so i think he's a player that that Minshew is really going to like and if, if he stays healthy i think he could definitely be a cash in year one Chenault's kind of a confusing player for me because 
once we learned about that injury, uh, yet another injury and in, in the surgery that was required, uh, he missed the combine, all, all of that stuff. Chenault's value started starting falling, and uh, but but the narrative was if he gets the draft capital, then we're all back in, and he got the draft capital. He was he was an early pick in the second round, yet his ADP has dropped since the NFL draft. So I guess we can attribute attribute that to the the landing spot in Jacksonville, which is is not a great one. It's not ideal for really any offensive skill player but I don't think it's a death nail either. And uh, to be able to grab Chenault in the middle of the second round is an easy pick. I think he's a cash player. If for no other reason, then I think he will gain value over the next year. Yeah. And I, th- I think Ryan that Chenault, maybe you, maybe you can say that he lost some because of that landing spot uh, ending up in Jacksonville, but really it's probably just the strength of all the other landing spots. There were very few that landed in bad spots. So Chenault took a big dip. He was he was a late first in a lot of mock drafts leading up to the NFL draft. I'm talking dynasty rookie draft mock drafts. Uh, and, and he still got the draft capital, and all those things still exist. Matt, you mentioned it. If he can stay healthy, if he can make an impact as a rookie, I think he's a cash play as well. He'll move up in... in uh, in ADP and really just his value will skyrocket. Like you mentioned, Ryan in the middle of the second round, that's an easy pick and, and he's at the end of a tier, but man, is he a nice player to get at the end of that like third tier of players when you're in the second round of a rookie draft. Uh, the rest of the, what Jacksonville did anything worth mentioning here, Matt? Uh, not for me, Colin Johnson, a little bit interesting, I guess, but you know, there's so he's just, there's just so many of those kind of depth receivers on that team already. I don't think he's going to be able to break through the, you know, the, the Chris Conley's uh, of the world. So I I don't think so. He's probably going to be a a trash player for me. Yeah. That's why I'm at with Colin Johnson as well. He was, uh, he was a player I wish had come out a year ago. We had we had Colin Johnson and another guy we'll talk about later in in that same situation. They both went back to school. I don't think it necessarily helped them. Colin Johnson, six six and two hundred and twenty something pounds. He's he's a player we all would have been chasing five years ago or so. <laughs> but uh, that's that's not today's NFL necessarily, and uh, that's that's part of the reason he fell to the the late part of the fifth round. They had. Uh, they had the quarterback and the t- and a tight end, Tyler Davis, uh, both in the sixth round. Jake um, Luton is the quarterback. Not not really interested in either of those guys in in your typical one quarterback league. Completely agree. Let's move on to the Tennessee Titans, guys. There is one pretty dynamic player that the Titans added in the draft. That's Darrington Evans, of course, the running back. Matt. Your thoughts on Evans? Is he going to be able to break through, get a little bit of playing time as a rookie with Derrick Henry already in tow in Tennessee? And and does, if, if if he does, is there room for him to potentially squeeze into being a cash player? I think there's a chance, uh, but I, I do think I would put him in the stash category. I think the really exciting thing about Evans is that if they don't and probably aren't going to bring Derrick Henry back, then you know there's a chance that he's going to be the the lead back in the committee. I'm not sure he's ever going to be like a full time bell cow back. I just don't think he's that kind of player. But I think he could definitely be the lead back for them in in a committee type situation. Uh, so once Derrick Henry moves on, then I think that's when we're going to be really excited about him. That said, he does offer 
you know, not necessarily a completely different skill set than Henry. Obviously, the size difference is the most striking thing about them. But he's, I think he's an adequate runner between the tackles uh, and obviously a good receiver. So uh, he's he's exciting. He, he has a chance, I think, to be to carve out some kind of role, I think, this year. But I don't think he's going to be the point where we're ever going to feel comfortable starting him. Um, but uh, that said, it, it, he could certainly gain value by the end of this season if we get hints that Henry is moving on early in the offseason. Uh, at that point, his value would shoot up. So I think he's worth investing in just for that that reason alone. Yeah, it feels to me that that's the reason he could be a cash player because he could gain so much value by this time next year. Ryan, your thoughts on Evans? I imagine it's a lot of the same. If you're in a PPR league, that obviously bumps him up as well. It is. I agree with Matt on, on basically everything he said uh, regarding Evans. I do think he's a cash player because I think whether – uh, whether he sees a significant role or not uh, with Henry's contract status and, and the, the, I guess, prediction that he'll, he'll be moving on following the 2020 season, that would, would give Evans that bump in value. I guess the only thing I'm, I'm not sure on, and uh, it's, it's probably just a, a wait-and-see situation, is really how, how he will be used and if he even gets the chance to be used. We, we saw Henry just <laughs> dominate the – the backfield touches last year and and the year before as well and and we're I'm not sure if it's because that was the game plan and they just want to make they just want to be that that one back offense or if Deion Lewis uh, was was just not good enough to get on the field at this point in his career so uh, was, was he not good enough or was he trash Ryan <laughs> I don't know I, I guess uh, <laughs> that's that's the question but um, <laughs> You know, no, not biting, not at all, not biting. <laughs> Regardless of Evans' talent, I think there's at least a chance, especially again with with Henry's contract status and potentially being his last year in Tennessee, that they just continue to ride him, and and maybe we don't see as much of Evans as we might like to. I think the the ideal situation, fellas, with Evans would probably be. Tariq Cohen's rookie year when he kind of burst onto the scene and became that extra player, that, that guy that would come on the field for 20 to 25 snaps and see 8 to 12 touches a game and, and make a make an impact with those 8 to 10, eight to 12 touches. But like you said, Ryan, I, I, just because of their history with Henry and the, the overwhelming usage and, and his his just taking over the all the touches in that backfield, it's just unknown if he's going to get the opportunity he looks dynamic if you watch him he's explosive and I can't imagine any coaching staff wanting to to make the decision to keep him on the sideline I don't think he's the same kind of receiver as as Cohen though I think he could play I guess a similar role if they're going to use him sparingly but I don't think he's necessarily the same kind of receiver as, as Cohen is sure he's he's not necessarily the guy you can flex out and play in the slot right uh but but if you do get him in space, he he could be a, a playmaker for sure. Uh, Cole McDonald, they added a, the quarterback late in the draft. Either one of you think he's anything other than something for the garbage? He, nope. He's kind of interesting. I mean, <laughs> Ryan says no. I think he's kind of interesting. Big arm uh, decision making is questionable pretty much all the time. I think. But you know, I, I'm I have. 
maybe I'm the last one, last holdout. I don't know, but I am not necessarily a believer that Tannehill is going to repeat uh, a performance that he had last year, and you know he's going to come back down to earth. And if he doesn't, uh, you know, I, I, I think it's likely that 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 he's that Cole McDonald's going to come on the field this year. But you know, I, I wouldn't put it, I wouldn't give it a zero percent chance because I just don't think Tannehill is completely reformed like like we we seem to think he is. So Matt says says stash, I guess, and and Ryan says trash and. In superflex, like, well, in superflex, in superflex. He's somewhere in the middle. Then he's he's like recycles. We'll, we'll there recycle. you go. He's oh a recycle God. player. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's the AFC South. Before we get to the NFC South, we should talk about our friends over at DynastyOwner.com. Listen, do you guys think you're smarter than an NFL GM? Do you think you're the best at fantasy football? Well, here is your chance to prove it. Dynasty Owner is the only patented fantasy sports game using actual NFL salaries and contracts. You manage your team from all levels, owner to general manager to coach. Dynasty Owner is for the smart, elite fantasy football player. There is no offseason in Dynasty Owner. The rookie draft matters, free agency matters, and every contract matters. Come to a startup draft in 2020 using actual NFL player salaries and contracts, then improve your team each year with a three-round rookie draft and by trading players and draft picks. Win weekly prizes, seasonal prizes, and compete in the chase for the ring. Mock drafts are open now on desktop and mobile browsers. To learn more and to mock draft for free, go to www.dynastyowner.com. Com. So, the NFC South, fellas, we, we can kind of glaze over a couple of teams. The Atlanta Falcons didn't, didn't pick any quarterbacks or running backs, tight ends or wide receivers. Neither did the Carolina Panthers because they, they spent all their picks on defense. So, we'll, we'll save their topics, Kelvin Ridley, DJ Moore, all the, all the fun stuff going on in Atlanta and Carolina for another show. Let's, let's move on to New Orleans because there's so much to talk about there. Uh, Adam Troutman at tight end, Tommy Stevens at quarterback. Or is there anything to get excited about here, Matt? Troutman is interesting, you know, especially in that offense. But he's not going to do anything in year one. Not only just because tight ends generally don't, but also because Jared Cook is still going to be the, be around at least at least this season. And then after that, Drew Brees is gone, and and who knows? But you know, he is he's an interesting player in that offense. Uh, I, uh, whoever the quarterback is, I think so. He's 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 a stash, I think. If if I was going to spend a, a pick on a tight end, uh, you know, in that range where he's going, correct me if I'm wrong. I think late third round, something like that. Then I think he would be the guy I would pick over like a Cole Komet. Um, uh, maybe maybe not over Albert O, but you know, in in that range, I think. Um, so I don't think he's completely worthless, but he's 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 a stash. He's, I don't think he's trash. Matt, the thing that scares me about Troutman is it takes forever for tight ends to make an impact. Yeah. And by the time he's ready, obviously Drew Brees won't be there anymore. Right. So there, there's just those extra outliers just make me say, I'd rather throw my dart somewhere else. No, I mean, I'm not, I'm generally, I think I've come away, I think I've taken one tight end in all of the rookie drafts I've done so far, uh, and it wasn't Troutman, so I'm not, I'm not looking to add a tight end, even if it is Troutman, but, you know, I, I don't think, I think he has potential, so he's probably going to be that roster clogger guy uh, uh, again, but he, I think he has talent, and you, you, you always want somebody from the Saints, right? Yeah, I guess so, but, but that's because of Breeze. <laughs> Ryan, <laughs> your Peyton, thoughts here? Peyton. Yeah, I'm, I'm with Matt there on his last comment, I think it's, not to take away from Drew Brees at all, but uh, it's it's Sean Payton too. And uh, even when Drew Brees does move on, I will still want pieces of this offense because of Sean Payton. 
so I, I definitely think Troutman is a stash. Uh, I'm not confident that he can gain value in year one. Uh, honestly, not even confident he makes it the full year on dynasty rosters, especially if you uh, if you have less than 25 players on your roster, something like that. But I I would definitely category uh, categorize him as uh, as a stash, which we could probably say about most of the tight ends in uh, in this class. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm also even more interested in him because the saints traded up and they traded a lot up, um, a, a lot of picks gave up a lot of picks, I should say, to move up and get him, even though they did already have Jared cook and it, it wasn't necessarily viewed as a, a position of need for them. So in fact, after they made the Troutman pick, uh, they were out of picks. They gave up the rest of their picks uh, I believe in some, as, along with some future stuff to get that pick for Troutman. And then they traded back into the draft in the seventh round to take Tommy Stevens. And some people have been so quick to label uh, Jalen Hurts as the next, um, the next Taysom Hill. And if there's a next Taysom Hill in this class, I think it's Tommy Stevens. So in a deep super flex league, I think Stevens is a stash. Mm, I seen you nominate him. I think in KS4 today. You probably did. I had more money than you. Uh oh. Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> How about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers guys? Uh, Keyshawn Vaughn was a player that lots of dynasty analysts were calling trash before the NFL draft, but then he lands in one of the, I would say, premier la- p- potential landing spots in the draft to the Buccaneers. Ryan, let's start with him. Just. Give me your general thoughts, and then what do you think? Cash, trash, or future stash? Yeah, he's going to be a tough one to um, to place in one of those groups, honestly. I, I, I don't think we can call him a stash based on his current, uh, his current value and his current asking price. He's a first-rounder, a late first-rounder in MFL rookie drafts, so I don't typically think of first-rounders uh, as as stash players in in most cases, so uh, I don't know that I would call him a stash. Uh, but again, based on that value, I, I don't think he I don't think he's a cash player either. He's he's already seen his big value spike. Uh, Do it. Do it, Ryan. Yeah, I think I think he might be trash. I think he's he trash. Might be trash. I mean, Ronald Jones is going to outperform him for sure. For sure, he's a way more dynamic player. And if you look at what Jones did a year ago, it was. It, it was fine. It was good, really. It, he's still, uh, dynasty owners everywhere are still looking back at his rookie season and how disappointing it was. He was over two yards per carry after contact last season. Very, very strong. Uh, the problem was he was under, way under two yards per carry before contact. So they need to improve that offensive line. They need to play action passing game, and they need not to have Jameis Winston doing Jameis Winston types of things. And th- those are all things that they... They tried to identify and 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 create uh create a way to to really stop those problems from happening. So they they addressed the offensive line. They they addressed the quarterback situation. They addressed the running back position too with Vaughn, but they waited on him. Keyshawn Vaughn is trash. I I don't want him at his ADP. I don't want him around after his ADP. I will I will gladly take his competitor in that backfield though Ronald Jones to to be the top guy in that backfield though Matt your thoughts on Vaughn 
You know, I, I think we need a new category here for Vaughn too. Like, I, 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 I sure. if we're gonna keep these three, we can call him, call him trash. I think because he's certainly not cash at that point. I could, there, I, there's nobody that I would take him over in the late first round, even the early second round. I think I would have to get to the mid second round after you know guys like Brian Edwards are, are already gone to even think about him. But you know, he maybe he's like one of those advanced pay paycheck cashing places where. <laughs> You got to pay, you know, they take, they take a big percentage of your, of your paycheck, but you get the money up front, right? So he's probably going to have a role in year one. I definitely don't think he is the athlete that Ronald Jones is. You know, he's a better, uh, better pass catching option, I guess, but he's not somebody who's going to go out and run routes uh, and he's going to have to compete with, with, uh, Dare Ogan ball, something like that. Nailed it. Ogun Bowale. Ogun Bowale. He's got to compete with him for that. And uh, the other guy that we're, we haven't mentioned yet, uh, Raymond Clayus, he's a he's a fine pass catcher too. So if he's not going to be that early down guy, and there's other other players on the roster that uh, can catch the ball better than him, then I don't really know where he fits. But based on where they took him and, and the perceived you know sp- uh, availability of, of carries there, you have to think he's going to do something for your fantasy team. But I don't think it's going to be enough that you're going to want to really start him, and I don't think he's going to take the role outright from Ronald Jones. So uh, he's a tough player. Uh, I guess I'll I'll go with trash, but I, I do think he could he could do something. You know, not something exciting, but but like but just like one of those paycheck cashing plays. You just need the running back. You just need the cash right now. I think he's in that kind of situation. Yeah, those places are trash, Matt. They are absolutely <laughs> trash, and I would never use one, but I do know people who have used them. So. The Bucks also added Tyler Johnson, wide receiver, and then Raymond Calais. He he's interesting. He's a, probably a stash. Probably, I mean, he's the, he's a I think he's a pure pass catcher. Probably going to make more of an impact on on special teams or as a return guy. But he, I think he's prob, probably going to again compete with Ogan. I'm not even going to try again. Dare, Dare, Dare. He's going to compete with Dare for that same role. And if he can't beat him out, then he's probably not going to make the roster unless it's as a special teamer. All right, guys, let's do a super flex mock draft. Before we do that, we should quickly talk about the DLF champions league. Guys, are you tired of the same old dynasty format? Think you have what it takes to be a real champ? Well, DLF has partnered up with safe leagues and commission extraordinaire Scott fish to create a brand new DLF Champions Cup series. Matt, Ryan, and myself have all competed in these, and I have to say we've done really well. Uh, in this in this series, you're matched up in a super flex tight end premium division with points and payouts awarded each year. The bonus, of course, is that every third year, your cumulative points go up against a larger field to see who wins that Champions Cup. And if you win that, champions cup hoist the trophy you claim a one thousand dollar grand prize so it's time to prove it guys go over to visit go over and visit dynastyleaguefootball.com slash safe leagues to sign up today and maybe you'll find yourself in a league with matt ryan or myself so here we go super flex rookie mock draft matt you drew the number one pick who you got I'm going to stick with Tua. I know it's not the popular opinion, but I'm still sticking with Tua over uh, Joe Burrow at this point. You should have traded it down. <laughs> I, I didn't think that was an option in this block. Other I was, I wouldn't have for sure. Ryan, how about you at two? Uh, well, I think there's a case at the top uh, to be made for the running backs, for Edward Solaire or for Jonathan Taylor. I don't think it's always a slam dunk. Joe Burrow, but uh, in in this mock draft with no 
no rosters to speak of. I will take the quarterback, Joe Burrow. The quarterback won, I should say. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> so the top two picks are quarterbacks. Tua goes one, Burrow goes two. I'm going to dip into that running back market. I'm going to take Clyde this time. I currently have Jonathan Taylor as my running back one. I'm slowly tipping over. Uh, I'll take Clyde Edwards-Hilaire at three. Matt, that puts you back on the clock. Uh, yeah, pretty easy. Give me Jonathan Taylor. Not the the biggest fan of his, but landing in that offense, uh, he's to me, is the clear number two after Clyde. Ryan, you're back up at number five. I think five is five in a super flex league is a, a very easy pick. It's the end of the tier for me, yep. so I'll take J.K. Dobbins here. That makes me angry because <laughs> after five is six, and that's the pick I have, and I don't like the options there. This is a trade-down situation. You could get that third quarterback. You could get the fourth running back. I instead prefer to go back to wide receiver, take the best wide receiver in the class. I'll take C.D. Lamb at six. Uh, I'll stick with running back then. I'm going to take Cam Akers. I still like him better than Swift in terms of the landing spot. I think he's, you know, maybe not maybe not just as talented, but pretty close there. Uh, and I like the, the team and the coach that he plays for. Ryan, you're up at eight then. Yeah, I think eight is, is a pretty easy pick for me as well. I will take DeAndre Swift. I, I get the concern. I get the worry about the, the Lions offense in general and sharing with on Johnson. I think those are all real worries but uh, this is a player we were looking at as as a potential 101 uh, at least in one quarterback leagues not very long ago I, I think maybe we're overstating the concern so swift Possibly. at eight yeah that's a nice pick nice value for sure there's probably listeners out there right now saying what hold on hold the phone really deandre swift at eight it does feel like a value uh, although he has slipped for sure i'm back on the clock at nine then and I'm going to go with Jerry Judy. I'll take another wide receiver. Uh, it's almost time for that quarterback, but I have Jerry Judy just ahead of him in my rankings. Matt, you're up at 10. Yeah, this is a tough spot. I, I feel like Herber is probably the correct pick here, uh, but I'm not going to take him. I'm going to take Jalen Rager. We talked about him in a tier of his own in, in, in one quarterback leagues, and I think he is probably in a tier of two here with, with Herbert, um, but I, I, I prefer the receivers here, so take Rager. This is, I actually had a rookie draft last night. I had the 11th pick, and this is exactly how it fell. Uh, I got Herbert at 11, and I'll take him there this time. Yeah, once again, I'm sitting here at the end of a tier, and – Kind of disappointed, although Justin Jefferson is still there, so he is going to be the pick at number 12. Dan, I thought Ruggs was your three. What's going on? Uh, Matt, you're up at 13. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I am not going to take take Henry Ruggs. I will take here – I'm going to go to – uh, I'm going to take Denzel Mims. He was my wide receiver three pre-draft, and you know he's not far off from that now. A couple other guys in this tier, I think, are, are definitely in the conversation, but he's my favorite of the group. Um, this is this is the point. Uh, I'm at, up at the 2.02. This is the point where it's just hammering wide receivers, and you're you're kind of picking your favorite out of this group. Uh, I will take a, a player that I haven't, I don't have any shares of yet. Uh, I don't. I don't know if this will satisfy that. I'll take Henry Ruggs here. Oh, 
So there's a surprise. Uh, if I was real, like really at 12, that's an ideal trade down with Jefferson on the clock mm-hmm. for me because Ruggs and Jefferson and really a couple of these other wide receivers are so close to one another in rankings and ADP, no matter where you look. I'll pivot next to another wide receiver, the other guy of this group. That's going to be Michael Pittman. He'll go at the 203. That's who I almost took with instead of Mems, but uh, I was hoping he might fall. Um, I'll, 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 I'll stay with Ryan's method of taking a wide receiver that I don't own any shares of yet. I'll take T. Higgins here. He seems to stand out. Yeah, he definitely does stand out. He, he was the next guy on my list. Uh, I think we, we, depending on what you think of the wide receivers left, the running backs left, this, that might have been the end of a tier. So that was the 2.04. Uh, at 2.05, I will take LaVisca Chenault. Whoa, that is a little bit of surprise. I thought you were going to dip into the trash bucket and grab something. Oh, no. No, no. Uh, not yet. Not. <laughs> not, not yet. Yeah, there's I'm still not too ready many guys to for... either. Uh, I'm going to go with a wide receiver that I have ranked just over Chenault, so I'm kind of excited about that. I'll take the uh, guy with first-round draft capital. That's Brandon Ayuk. Yeah, that's where I wanted to go, and I will not take the paycheck advance player <laughs> here <laughs> either. I will, I'm gonna, in fact, there's one player left that I said I'd take above him, so that works out well. I'll take Brian Edwards the true wide receiver one in Oakland. Mm. I agree with that. I, <laughs> I wanted Brian Edwards as well. I do I do have a lot of Brian Edwards shares in, in early rookie drafts, so I'm happy about that. I will take here Antonio Gibson. Oh, you son of a gun. <laughs> you sly dog. <laughs> uh, so that's, that's an interesting name. I will... I think I'm just going to have to take Keyshawn Vaughn here. I'll I'll bite the bullet. At this point in the draft, he'll have an opportunity. So. Well, this is this is about uh, that was the two point um, two point oh nine oh nine. Yeah, that yep. that's about where I think he should go. I agree. There there's another running back worthy of thinking about ahead of him, sure. uh, but I would take I would take Vaughn over him slightly. So I'm, I'm no homer. I, I will take that guy. I thought about a quarterback here, but I'll take Zach Moss. And uh, I think he's going to have a role. I, I, I don't know what it is. I have no nothing to really base this on, but I really just don't think that they want to give uh, uh, Singletary, Devin Singletary. Uh, I don't really think they want to give him the full, the full workload and that I think Zach Moss has a chance to make an impact in year one. Yeah, I don't know if Zach Moss is the player Dan was referring to. I'm not sure. That wasn't. Oh, maybe he'll slip to me at two twelve. Maybe oh. I'm going to take AJ Dillon here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's maybe who you can Dan, have him. Maybe who Dan was looking at. <laughs> that's who I was you thinking. You can of. have yeah. him. Oh, you're you're just still bitter, Packer fan. Oh, I'm, I'm uh... super bitter. <laughs> at least he admits it. I have the last pick in the second round, and I'm going to stick with running backs. But I'll talk about somebody, or I'll take somebody we talked about on the episode. That's Darrington Evans. Let's move on to the third round, guys. We got a little bit of time. Matt? Uh, I'm going to go back to wide receiver. I will take Chase Claypool here, not my favorite uh, in terms of being a wide receiver, and it seems like they want to use him on the outside. I'm not not inside, uh, but with that draft capital, it's hard to pass up that second-round capital here in the third round. Uh, I think at this point, 3.02 is where you have to start looking at these next tier of quarterbacks. So I'll, yeah. I'll go with Jordan Love. I'll get I'll get both of the Packer disappointments. I just couldn't do it. Like I was who I I should have taken, but I just couldn't. 
It's cute. Yeah, ADP suggested he should have gone late in the second round, uh, and that's pulled from those 200-some-odd 200, 200 drafts done on MFL. Another guy that he goes as high as 17, as low as 34, guys. So it's it, it's All kind of a mixed place. bag when it comes to dynasty owners and their thoughts on love. Uh, that could probably be said about the fourth option or the fifth option at quarterback as well. I'm not going to go that way. I'll stick with the running backs. I'm going to take your guy, Ryan, the guy you probably should have taken, Joshua Kelly, oh, that's, running back for the Chargers. That was that was who I was going to take here at 304. Instead, I'm going to go to Devin Duvernay. I uh, think he's perfect landing spot for him. They clear need in the slot. I uh, love what he might be able to do in year one. Yeah, there's. We talked about the end of end of round one, beginning of round two is is just the wide receiver time. You could see end up seeing four, five, six wide receivers in a row. I think that's the case with running backs in the late second, early third round. Um, Here it comes. I know who it is. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to decide if it's going to be the <laughs> the homer pick. For, I'm I'm going to mix things up a little bit. I'm going to go with uh, with Anthony McFarland. Uh, I think oh. the difference between he and uh, and that other guy is that McFarland <laughs> McFarland has a chance to win the job. Yep, that's true. He would have been my pick at 306 had he slipped one more spot. But since he didn't, I'll go back to wide receiver. I'm going to take a guy I've talked a lot about on the podcast. Uh, and a nice value in the middle of the sixth round, which, which is about where he goes in these super flex uh, drafts. I'll take Van Jefferson with the 306. Matt, you're up at 307. I, I, I think I have the most shares of of any player from this class of Dever Duvernay and then also my other favorite third round wide receiver target. That's Antonio Gandy Golden here. All right, Ryan, you're up at 308. Uh, yeah, uh, I'll, I'll do it this time. I'll take Lynn Bowden. Uh, <laughs> do expect him to be a, a pass-catching option out of the backfield uh, for the Raiders. Uh, so with Bowden gone, I'll switch over back to run wide receiver again. I'll take K.J. Hamler. Matt, you're up at with your last pick of the draft. I'll go ahead and grab Jalen Hurts here. Uh, obviously blocked by Carson Wentz, but you never know what will happen. Yeah, major value there. Major value. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's 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 probably tight end time. I'm going to go. No, I can't do it. I'm gonna. I'll stick. <laughs> I'll stick with those uh, backup running backs. I'll take Lamichael P. Ryan. Oh, you got me. That was gonna be my pick with the final pick of the mock draft. Instead, I'll switch to another running back. I will take DJ Dallas from Seattle. All the news out of there says. They're looking for a running back to to carve out a little bit of a role. Maybe it's DJ yeah. Dallas. He's a nice value. Carlos Hyde doesn't scare you. Maybe it's either. Carlos Hyde. Nah, <laughs> nah. <laughs> uh, three round rookie mock draft, super flex. A little bit of a surprise. Two goes one to Matt. Uh, any any listener of the podcast knows that Matt values two as that top quarterback and apparently the top guy in a super flex league it goes to a then joe burrow clyde edwards hilaire went third then matt took jonathan taylor uh the the 
fifth pick went J.K. Dobbins. Then C.D. Lamb went sixth, followed by Cam Akers and DeAndre Swift. Jerry Judy went ninth. Then Jalen Rager. Justin Herbert went 11th. And then the final pick of the first round, of course, was Justin Jefferson. So that's going to do it for this episode of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. We thank you all for listening. We're going to move on. We're going we're gonna to head, head out east. Going to do the AFC and NFC East. We'll talk about cash, stash, and trash for all these rookies that they picked in the NFL draft. For Ryan and Matt, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening to this episode of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. We'll catch you again next time.